SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. the odds pushing the odds live from las vegas vegas baby vegas here's your host matt peralt and away we go on a thursday's pushing the odds how are you welcome to vegas everybody it is a steamy steamy thursday we're dealing with 118 degree temperatures here in the desert but well ice cold those are the takes about what is going on right now here for the philadelphia 76ers oh my Brutal, brutal, brutal. Also, Denmark just scored one minute and 50 seconds into their match against Belgium. Oh, my. How about that for a quick goal? The total, the first half total was one. The game total is two and two and a half, I saw, for this game between Denmark and Belgium in Group B for Euro 2020. That's about as fast as a goal as you're going to see in the Euros. I mean, bad turnover, right on top of the box and bang into the back of the net one nothing Denmark already so hopefully you're on Denmark and you're on the over in this match because that's a really quick goal here uh, in group B play between Dem- Denmark and Belgium so we'll watch that for you guys coming up today we've got a Bucks and Nets game to break down that I simply cannot figure out I have twisted myself into a pretzel as to what side to be on I've just decided not to bet this game at least not pre I'll probably bet it during the game. I just can see so many different scenarios. I can see the Nets literally laying down and saying, hey, we need a game seven. James Harden, do not go out there and hurt yourself. Don't go crazy. Let's get back to home and let's go and win it in a game seven. And then we can really go after it. I I don't know how the Bucks come out tonight. I don't know if they're going to come out with a new game plan. I don't know if they're going to do something to Kevin Durant that's going to slow him down. Are they going to put Giannis on Kevin Durant? Are they going to do something out of the box? And what about their offense? I mean, they're at home, so the role players should shoot better like we normally talk about. But, man, the under feels like the play tonight, and the Bucks feel like the play tonight. I just don't really know <laughs> what to do with the game yet. So we'll get to that. Tampa and the Islanders tonight. I am on the over five in that game. It's another game where when I see five, I fire it. I pretty much do it blindly. It hits more often than not. I push a bunch of times as well. I think with Tampa's offense and the Islanders have a better offense than what the books are giving him credit for. Goaltenders are great. It was a 2-1 win in game one, a 4-2 win in game two. What does game three look like now that we're shifting to New York for the series? Some say, well, you bet the under. When the series shifts and moves, maybe, uh, but I'm going to go with a 3-2 win for one of these two teams, and I'll take the five or the push and the potential for an empty net goal here as well. My goodness, Denmark almost just scored again. Wow, this game's crazy. 
if you like offense, this game's got, uh, I mean, if you're an under better right now, you are throwing up because this is nuts. The amount of both teams, Belgium just had a scoring opportunity as well. Both teams out in wide open back and forth action in this game for Group B in the Euros. We will talk to Dave Sherapan for the Bostonian versus the book at 40 past. And Dave had one of the worst travel days that I have seen in a really long time. Because of the pandemic, the travel nightmare story has been one that wasn't talked about all that much. We haven't seen the same type of being stuck at the airport for 10, 15, 20 hours, missing your connection flight, having to rebook and reschedule. Dave spent 12 hours at the airport due to the Southwest computer malfunction. And for him to get to Philadelphia, he had to buy a a different ticket on a different airline to fly a red eye through Dallas to get to, to get to Philly for the, his two daughters to play in an all-star tournament, an all-star uh, event for softball. And he's going to be at the field today when we talk to him. And I don't know how he's even awake. I don't think he knows what time zone he's in. I'm not sure his daughters know what state they're in. Uh, but he's going to come on at 40 past literally from the softball field where his kids are playing. And I'm sure he'll have a very interesting story to tell us here. And plus, we'll bet it or book it for my bet, my plays coming up here today. I'm a little heavier in baseball than I normally am in, in most days. Or used to, I'm kind of ramping up my baseball betting as we're watching the NBA and the NHL playoffs kind of slow down. We'll be more involved. But we will spend a ton of time talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. And, man, you want to talk about a mentally weak team? That that's what that team is. And even Ben Simmons admitted it after the game that it's a mental thing, that they can't hit free throws, that they turn the basketball over, that they don't execute in crunch time. And the Atlanta Hawks are nowhere near as talented as Philadelphia. We know that. When, when, when the Sixers really get after it, they go up by 20 points. Like when they play up to their ability, they're up by 20. They're just that much better than the Atlanta Hawks. The problem is Atlanta has guts. They have heart. And they fight, and they claw, and they never give up. And Philadelphia just expects Atlanta to lay down. And again, they blow a big lead, and again, they can't win a a crucial game. And now they're going to go back to Atlanta, down three games to two, and Atlanta's going to be jumping up and down. Look, I'm sitting on a plus 155 ticket for Atlanta to win the series. And I just think that that's where we're going to be here. I, I, I think Philadelphia's got big problems. We're getting into it during the opening line coming up. We are here on SiriusXM exclusively for one hour. Let's get to our four big stories. Some interesting news in the NFL to get to as well as the U.S. Open has begun in Torrey Pines, at Torrey Pines in San Diego. All that and much more. It is a busy Thursday for Pushing the Odds here on SiriusXM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Everybody's got an opinion. Go ahead. Ask them. But only a few have an opinion informed by expert analysis and experience. It's called trust. It's why we're here. For you. Keep it here and get the edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. Four big stories coming up here in just one second. Interesting stat that came out from Bill Ritter at CBS Sports, who covers the NBA. Over the last two years, Doc Rivers, on teams he has coached, are 11-5 when getting a lead of at least 16 points in the postseason. The rest of the entire NBA is 76-3. I mean, he has five losses in the playoffs when he has gotten a lead of at least 16 points in the playoffs. This is not, I mean, what? This is crazy. I, Man, I just don't know. If you're a Sixers fan, I, I just don't know what you make of your team. We've got five head coaching openings right now in the NBA. Five. New Orleans was a little bit of a surprise seeing Van Gundy get fired. And then Brooks couldn't get a deal done with Washington. That was a little bit of a surprise. Portland's open. Boston's open. I mean, those are really good jobs. I don't think Philadelphia makes a move here, but they might. If you blow this series, if you lose to Atlanta, you get beat by the Hawks. I mean, the happiest people on the planet are the ones sitting in the organization for either Milwaukee or Brooklyn. You're going to avoid playing Joel Embiid. You're going to avoid playing against the Sixers in their depth, and you're going to go up against the Hawks. Now, I don't mean to totally disrespect Trey Young. I don't mean to overlook them because that's exactly what Philadelphia has done is overlook the Hawks. But, I mean, there's nothing. If Kevin Durant is on the floor for the for the Nets, there's not much the Nets can do. And I like Nate McMillan a lot as a head coach. I mean, Atlanta was well underwater at one point this year. They were out of the postseason. They were under 500, And now they might be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, what a job Nate McMillan has done. I mean, my goodness. And that's the thing, that teams tend to look for that lightning in the bottle or find that coach who can really do incredible things with the roster. I thought John Collins was great last night for Atlanta. I I thought that Trey Young did enough last night and hit enough big shots to keep the defense honest. And then when it came down to it, hack Ben Simmons worked. And even hacking Joel Embiid worked. I mean, both of those guys missed clutch free throws last night in games. In the games, missing open threes, missing, I mean, taking threes for, for the, you know, Joel Embiid taking Wide open threes, it's always that funny line of like, why are you open, right? Coaches always, if you ever played sports growing up, coaches are always like, why do you think you're open? <laughs> There's a reason why you're open. <laughs> you're open because they don't think you can hit the shot. Indeed, they're giving you that three for a reason. They don't think you can hit that shot. And last night, it was the smart move. It was the right move last night by Atlanta to kind of sag back and say, you want to shoot that? Go right ahead. And our number one story here on the Big Four is at Philadelphia. I don't think you can really spin this. They choked. I mean, you've got a 20-plus point lead at home against the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know what else you describe that as. That's a choke job. You just fell apart. Hawks took a 3-2 series lead in their best-of-seven series. They will go back here to 
Philadelphia, to Atlanta with the knowledge that if you need to foul Joel Embiid in the clutch or you need to foul Ben Simmons in the clutch, both those guys are total liabilities when it comes to hitting free throws on the offensive end in big moments. Atlanta will try to close out the series, but Doc Rivers, pretty bold comment here. He is guaranteeing a Game 7. No, we'll get back up. I mean, we'll, we'll be back here for Game 7. I, I believe that, you know. Um, the mood was down. It was awful. What, what, what would you think it would be? It would have to be, right? And so this is part of sports, you know. You, you have some awful moments uh, in it. Uh, there's no guaranteed path to, to get into your goal. Um, we have made this hard on ourselves. We have to own up to that, all of us. Um, and then we have to get up and be ready for the next game. And, and it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Um, good. Um, we'll be ready for it. It's interesting, right? Because he has that record we just told you about, 11-6. and six, When his team has a lead of 16 or more in the playoffs. He says it's part of sports. Is that part of sports or is that part of what your teams do? I, I don't know. Like, yeah, losing's part of sports, but collapsing in the postseason when you're up big, that kind of feels like a Doc Rivers thing. Less like a sports thing, but more like a Doc Rivers thing. Number two, the Clippers played without Kawhi Leonard last night, and frankly, they looked great. In some ways, they looked better. Now, Kawhi's incredible. But L.A. took Game 5 from Utah in really impressive fashion. On defense, they were great. On offense, the ball moved. Great ball movement, finding open shooters, and big shot after big shot hit by the Clippers. It was a real tough thing for us who are sitting on a Utah Jazz ticket to win the West at plus 355. If the Clippers play like that, I don't think Utah can beat them unless Michael Conley, unless Mike Conley Jr. comes back in Game 6 and plays really, really well. They're going to try to close it out. They're going to go home, try to do it, coming up in Game 6. And the team found out that Kawhi Leonard is probably done for the rest of the year. The, the ACL injury is significant enough that Kawhi probably sits down for the rest of the postseason, what it sounds like. Paul George was asked about the injury after the game, and he had an interesting point. He tried to spin it as almost a positive for Kawhi and the Clippers. Oh man, it was a you know it was a blow. Um, it was a tough blow, but uh, you know at the end of the day, you know I, we 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 don't want nothing but the best for Kawhi. It's a positive. He can get some rest. Um, hopefully, we can hold it down. But it's a positive. You know he's got a new baby boy here. Um, a lot of positives, a lot of love uh, for him and his family. You know we just uh, we 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 got to do what we do. We got to come together. Uh, we're, our our season is alive uh, because of you know his shouldering of all the work that he's done, um, and so you know we we got to hold it together and, and you know continue to keep this uh, boat afloat um, until he returns. Number three, Garrett Cole is the face of the spider tack controversy in Major League Baseball, not because he got caught using the substance, but because he keeps talking about the substance after the game and how much he wants to be able to use the substance after the game. He's not happy with the new rules for Major League Baseball, and last night after his performance, and it was at, he was asked about the spin rate being down, he basically said he, his spin rate is down because he's not being allowed to use spider tack anymore, and he's not happy about it. Garrett, you obviously had a, an extremely a great performance through eight innings, but your RPMs were down, the revolutions. Is there a reason for that? I think you... I mean, I think I alluded to it, uh, answering the question and um, 
beforehand. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's, look, we're all just trying to, we're all just trying to play by the rules, play by what, uh, what the commissioners handed out going forward. And um, so spin rate's not everything. You can still pitch well if you don't have a high spin rate. Fourth and finally, Mike Zimmer, coach of the Vikings yesterday, to his players and to any other player about the vaccination rules for the NFL. Pretty clear. If you get vaccinated, it's a team-oriented decision. We're just trying to educate these guys. You know, they have to make their own decisions. The unvaccinated players are going to have a harder time in, in the season. They're going to be wearing masks. Uh, they'll have to social distance. You know, they, they'll have daily testing. They won't be able to go go home for bye week. Um, they'll have to come back here and test every day. Uh, when we go on the road, they won't be able to, to go out to dinner with anybody. They'll have to travel on buses differently, uh, travel on planes differently. So, you know, the meetings will be, you know, they'll... Some, a lot of the meetings will be virtual like this is here. And so there's not, not only this, the safety part of getting vaccinated, but as far as being part of a football team. It's a team decision. It's interesting. Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold yesterday both said they would not say yes or no if they were going to get vaccinated. Your quarterback not being able to be around his guys, man, that's... The NFL may not be saying you have to get vaccinated, but they're basically saying you have to get vaccinated. More on that later in the program. But next, games tonight, Nets, Bucks, hockey, and more coming up. It's Pushing the Odds here on Sports Good Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. Congrats to Montreal for their win last night. I know Gabe Morenci and I have been going back and forth and having some fun with each other on Twitter about this series. And look, Canadians feel like that they own hockey, and that's fine because Canadians don't have much else. So they feel like they've got to get behind their team and they got to jump on this and I compare Canadian fans to Yankee fans, and that's fine. You know, Vegas is still a very large favorite, minus 300 to win this series. And it's funny, like whenever I'm arguing with anybody about this series and it's now 1-1, I've simply stated, hey, you know, straight up, let's just bet right now. I'll bet Vegas to win this series. And they go, no, I'm not doing that. Like they'll talk and they'll support their team and they'll talk about the fact that Vegas, you know, according to Canadians, Vegas is is getting away with murder and there's all these calls not being made and then how could Vegas play like three periods last night and not get a penalty called against them and how is that even possible and blah blah blah, right? This whole conspiracy weird theory the Canadians have that the NHL is hell-bent on making sure that the NHL Stanley Cup Award, Stanley Cup champion is going to come from America because it doesn't make any money for it to come in Canada. I just think it's ridiculous. Go and win the darn thing. You haven't won it since 1993. 
Okay, it's been a long time. I don't believe it's because they're trying to prevent Canadian teams from winning. I don't buy this whole conspiracy nonsense about it. But, you know, Vegas got off to a really slow start. And in the first 10 minutes again last night, Vegas has, you know, put themselves behind the eight ball. And in game one, Vegas did not pay for starting slowly. Montreal made Vegas pay last night, and it was the game-deciding goal. I mean, if Vegas does not give up that goal in the first 10 minutes, it's 2-2. We're going to overtime, and we'll see what happens. But because they gave up that goal in the first 10 minutes and said it's a 3-2 game, and Vegas did not get any productivity out of some out of their top line, their second line, some of their key players, both goals being scored by a defenseman and out Petrangelo last night for Vegas, and both goals being scored off the faceoff. The third three goals in this series have been scored off faceoffs for Vegas. They have a real tough time. Five on five, Vegas is pretty good. But Montreal, when the play is rolling, Montreal gets guys in the shooting lanes and they make it very difficult. And we knew that going in. I mean, I mean, Vegas played against Minnesota and it went seven games. And I've got Vegas winning this in six. I, I still think Vegas wins in six. But, I mean, in terms of high-danger chances in the first period, I mean, it's not even close. Vegas has got to get off to a faster start. And, you know, you just wonder what will happen now with the series shifting to Montreal. You're dealing with, what, 3,000 fans, 4,000 fans, whatever it's going to be at the Bell Center. I mean, come on, okay? It's it's crickets. And it's not going to be anywhere near like what happened in the third period last night where the building was absolutely going crazy and, and Vegas just has to stop starting slowly. And 5-on-5, five five, Vegas is the better team. Ultimately, I believe that will pan out. But they've got to score first, and they've got to try to keep Montreal away from that shell they go into when they have a lead. And there's a lot of people who are going to have you know some you know pretty uh, you know passionate things to say about this because the entire country of Canada is pulling for Montreal, which is weird. Toronto is doing all different things to celebrate Montreal, which is weird, but it's because they're so desperate to win the Stanley cup. And look, if the, if the Islanders were to get past the Tampa Bay lightning, I think Montreal could win it all. I just don't think Montreal is going to ultimately get past Vegas over a seven game series in one game. Sure. They took away home ice, but let's see what happens after game three and let's see if Vegas can go ahead. I mean, it could be 2-2. I could easily see it being 2-2 heading back to Vegas for Game 6. Very possible. Or Sorry, Game 5. Very possible. And then Vegas wins Game 5 and Vegas wins Game 6 and the series is over. That That's how I thought it was going to go. I thought Vegas would be... Well, actually, I thought it would be 2-0. And then I thought Montreal would win both games in Montreal. And then it would be same situation. Vegas would win Game 5. Vegas would win Game 6 and the series would be over. That's how I predicted it to go. But now it's 1-1, and Vegas, I think, will wind up winning game three. I think you're going to see some big adjustments made. And I think it's a good thing, frankly, that Vegas lost game two because I felt like they were a little bit too arrogant, too confident in the beginning part. And this is where that slow, you know the slow starts come from with Vegas, is that they win the first game 4-1, and they feel like, okay, we can do whatever we want because in reality, that game could have been like 7-3. to I mean, Carey Price played really well and slowed Vegas down, had a bunch of huge saves, but the scoring opportunities were so lopsided after the first period. It was you know, the ice was tilted basically towards Vegas's, you know, towards the the Montreal goal. 
for the second and third periods. First period, it was all Montreal, but then eventually Vegas just, just took over. And that's what Vegas kind of banks on, that as the game goes on, their talent is going to you know play out. But, but you know, Chandler Stevenson being out for Vegas last night was pretty significant. And, and you have to wonder his status for game three and, and whether he's coming back or not, because Vegas lost a bunch of faceoffs and just they're very thin at the center position, and that's always been one of the knocks. When people are looking at the roster for Vegas, they've always been like, you know, their center stuff, you know, that's why they've, they, there is some holes in Vegas, and that may be one of them. And I'll, I'll be very curious to see, you know, where we are in, 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 in what happens going forward with this in terms of Vegas and their depth at the center position. So I'll watch this closely, obviously. I'm, I'm invested both emotionally and, and, and financially here. And I'm sitting on this Vegas ticket for them to win the cup at plus 550. And I, I do think that they're going to win this series. And I think it's going to be fun, though. I, I think game three is monster. If Montreal takes game three, I mean, game on. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to see the direction the series goes. And you push Vegas, put their backs against the wall. How do they respond if they go down? But this is the same team that was down 2-0 to the Colorado Avalanche, and they were able to rally in the last round, and they were down to Minnesota as well. So, I mean, Vegas has shown that they can come back when they're down in series. So, big game three coming up. I'll be very curious to see what the atmosphere is like. Everybody, all these Canadian fans are telling me how insane 3,000 people are going to be and how how intimidating the Bell Center is going to be with it three-quarters empty. Okay, <laughs> like, sure. And, like, you know, Gabe was talking about Montreal fans taking over Vegas and how they were partying out, out in front of T-Mobile Arena last night. Well, look, we are in 2021. Canada is still in 2020, and that's just a fact, okay? You're slowly opening up, but we've been open here in Vegas for a long time. So the idea that, hey, Canadians were able to come down here and get tickets and buy, you know, overspend on tickets and come down and get hotel rooms and stay in the tourist, number one tourist city in America. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, that's not a shock. That's not like an, oh, my goodness gracious, I can't believe that happened. I mean, come on. Like, that was, you know, that's what happens here. That's why we love having, you know, Canadians coming to Vegas and spending money. Yes, please keep doing it. You guys do it a ton. The number one tourist destination for people, you know, We've got a ton of people who come over from Asia to Vegas, but the number, you know, USA, obviously tourist number one, but number two is Canada. Canadians love coming here, and we love Canadians. We love them coming here. They're super nice. So, yeah, when it comes to hockey, no shock that there were some Canadians in the building. There weren't, you know, tens of, you know, 10,000 of them. There were a couple thousand of them in the building. That's no shock. And for the idea that, you know, people would go to Canada, go to Montreal, why? <laughs> the, the the trouble that it takes to do that with the quarantining and everything else. Like, like, let's not compare here. You come to America, we're not making you quarantine. You come to America, we're not making you, you know, take monster PCR tests and have to justify your reason for coming to the country. We just let you in. <laughs> That's just what happens. You can just come in. So, like, let's not compare the two. We're in very different spaces and places when it comes to the COVID-19 virus right now, and that's because of our vaccination rate. And we are way higher. Canada's coming around, okay? They're coming around. You guys will be there eventually. You'll get to where we are eventually. But right now, that's why Canadians were in the building last night. That's why Canadians were able to come to the game last night because we've done a good job with our vaccination rate, in particular here in Nevada. We've been really good in Nevada. Our COVID numbers are way down 
and our vaccine rates are way up, and it's it's awesome to see. It's it's been really exciting that the number of people people who work in the hospitality industry, people who are, I mean, I was I teach at UNLV. I was offered the vaccine in early February, and I jumped at it. I took it. You know, the first week I was offered, I took it, and so here we are in June. I'm months away from my vaccine for when I got it, and I had COVID. So, like, I'm double whammy. I've got you know, antibodies from having the co- having COVID, and I, and I have the virus. I have the vaccine. So that's, you know, just for me, it's more peace of mind more than anything that I can go to these events. I can go to restaurants. I can go out. I can go to bars. I can go to games. I can do whatever I want to do. So that's, that's why Canadians are able to come here because of the work we did here in Nevada. So we're not angry they've come down here. We need your money. We, you know, talking about the, the ticket prices in Montreal for game three. Okay, that's great. That the, I mean, again, what, 3,000 fans are going to be there? Yeah, supply and demand is going to be high. <laughs> it's going to be expensive to get into that building. I, I totally understand that. And Vegas people aren't going to go through the protocols because, remember, you had to get a special exemption from your government to be able to come here and play. So, like, no one's going to be able to do that. No fans getting a special exemption from the Canadian government or the U.S. government when it comes to traveling across the border to come and watch these games. So, uh, it's it's interesting, you know, the, the, the different way we're evaluating the passion of Vegas versus the passion of the fan base in Montreal. It's not a fair fight right now. I mean, it's not apples to apples. We're in very different places when it comes to the COVID-19 protocols. There were 20,000 seats available for Game 3. Okay, fine. But there's not. not. (laughs) And there's easy travel between the borders. But there's not. Time for the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapin will join us from Philadelphia. We'll talk to him about where my plays are. We betting or booking what I am betting tonight with Dave next year. I'm pushing the odds. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pushing the odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. It is time for a special edition of the Bostonian versus the book. The book had a whale, and I mean a rough Wednesday. He is Dave Sherapan at Sports BK Consig. We're doing this here every week, two times a week of Pushing the Odds. My friend, how are you? Hello. Are you all right? I am. Um, wow. Did you ever see the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Yes, I did. Yeah, that was me in real life two days ago. <laughs> I, I, I could not believe um, the whole airline canceled their whole day, and I was flying that day. Um, yeah, I, I, I just it was incredible. I got on a plane, sat for two hours, got off the plane, got back on the plane, sat two hours, got off the plane. It was 113 degrees outside. They said that the plane overheated. We're like, yeah, we know. We were on it. And that was it. I got a new flight. We showed up. And now we're back east. 
uh, outside of uh, Philadelphia in New Jersey, and the girls just finished their third game of the morning. And um, we're going to take a lunch break, and I think we're going to play another one or two. And it may involve me stopping at a book in between. There you go. What is the yeah. record so far on the day at for, for the first three games? So this flying west to east is a real thing. Oh, I mean, yeah. we talk about it all the time during football season, and, like, we were tired, right? We, we had a long day and stuff. They come up, and they start – both of them pitching and catching. <laughs> My daughter threw three innings of perfect softball. Wow. Uh, they ended up winning the first game. Yeah, she went one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. I don't know. I, I was I was sitting there as the dad and like just going, This is great. Like this this can't be. <laughs> I would have bet against them. I would I would I would have laid the number. Like seriously. Um no the team they're on, they won all three games. So they're three and oh so far. Very How very successful that? start of the day. Yeah, very. So, that's great to hear. Given the fact you guys yeah. flew a red eye through Dallas, I mean, how? Yeah. What time did you arrive in Philadelphia? Um, so we got to Vegas to go on the nine a.m. flight. We didn't leave the airport. We stayed there the entire day and flew out at midnight um, on the red eye to Dallas. Dallas two-hour layover. Got to Philadelphia at noon. And uh, stayed at my brother's, went to sleep, and we were up this morning at 4.30 in the morning, Eastern, oh. Oh. to be at the field at 6.15 for the first game at 7.15 this morning. Crazy. How many hours sleep are your girls working on right now? They're Vegas kids, baby. They don't need <laughs> sleep. It's unbelievable. I just, They slept on the plane. They slept in, you know, we all took naps. In, in waiting at the gate uh, off and on. But when we got here and my brother and my sister-in-law fed us, we fell asleep. And we all swore. We're like, we're going to stay up and watch the Nights. Yeah. We couldn't stay up and watch the Nights. We, we, we saw they were down 3-1 and woke up to the fact they were still down 3-1. So we didn't see the third period. We were done. We were toast. Yeah, I don't blame you on that. West Coast is the best coast for sports, as we all learn when we go back east and you realize, wait, yes. you, guys, you guys watch sports at what time do you guys watch sports? Holy. <laughs> How did we do that? Like, we didn't know any better, I guess, growing up, because you're a back east guy as well. Like, I thought it was cool to stay up late and watch West Coast stuff. Now? No. I, nah. I, just, I, I don't want to live anywhere else except in the Pacific time zone ever. I'm with you. For sports, there's no debating it. 4.30 start times for baseball and 7.30 night games here. Absolutely. Get my sports over at 11 o'clock p.m. I'm good to go. I'm with you. I mean, I used to, we all used to come home from the bars and whatnot, and you'd end up having games still on and be like, oh, this is cool. Watch sports. This is great. But nah, not something I'm uh, I'm down with. All right. So well, how do you feel about Vegas now? It's 1-1 against Montreal. We got Gabe Morenci and all the guys on, on SportsGrid t- talking smack to me about this this, this Canadian team is going to win the series here. Still minus 300 for Vegas to win the series. Any concern? Um, well, I've been saying all along that I didn't think it was going to be easy, and I didn't think it was going to be a sweep, and I, I, yeah. I still think it's going to be a six- or seven-game series myself. Um, obviously, there is reason to be concerned because if they play a certain way, um, the Canadians are going to be right there. Uh, yeah. and can win the series. You know, Terry Price is amazing. And the, they they believe, and that's all you need in, in hockey is belief, 
some guys to kill some penalties, stay out of the penalty box, and three goals. If you get three goals a game, you're good. So uh, I still think Vegas is the better team. I still think Vegas is going to win a series, but it's going to be way more competitive than people thought. Yeah, I said Vegas in six. So and I and I'll, I'm holding on to that. I think Vegas wins the series in six. We'll see what, what what game three looks like. All right, let's talk about some plays today because I I don't know what to do with this game with the Brooklyn Net with the Brooklyn Nets in the Milwaukee Bucks. Lines five and a half here. It, it it feels like this should be Milwaukee's time to win. I just can't trust them. I haven't made this bet yet. I don't know what to make of it. But if I were to take Brooklyn plus five and a half, you betting it or booking it? I don't. I, how did Milwaukee blow that game last game? I, I'm still trying to figure out how they lost. I was in, I was in a weird state of mind at the airport watching it. I was at the end of a very long day, and I was watching it and going, they're going to blow this game. You can see it happening. Yep. Now we're going to ask them to win and cover? I mean, this is that game where I would be in the book going, yep, just keep writing all of the Brooklyn bets because Milwaukee's going to win by double digits. I can't explain why. I, I have no good reason to say that other than I've seen this before. There's games, the series is going seven. Milwaukee wins by 10. I would book anything plus five and a half uh, tonight with Brooklyn. Interesting. Good to hear. Because if I was going to bet this gun to my head, I would take the Bucks minus five and a half, and I would bet the under 220. How do you feel about under. the total, total tonight? Under. It has yeah. to be another game. If, if, if the only way that the Bucks are going to win by that margin is if the game goes under. I don't. I. I, I, mean, I don't see Brooke or the uh, the Bucks covering mm-hmm. and the game going under. If the Bucks cover, I mean the game going over. They they have to play good defensively. They have yeah. to win this game defensively. So plus they can't make free throws. Like yeah. what, what? What's Milwaukee doing? They just they, yeah. I, I can't figure it out. What's the mood in Philadelphia today if you talk to anybody about what the Sixers coughed up oh, last night? Oh, 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 it's bad. It's, <laughs> it's done. The series is over. It's over. Um, that was, that, I mean, Philadelphia people were, were very excited about the Sixers before yesterday. And today, my, 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 all of my brother's buddies, my, my guys I do the podcast with, it's over. That's it. They lost the series yesterday with losing that game. It's done. It's a wrap. I haven't even looked what the line was, but they might as well not show up. They have no chance of beating Atlanta in game six. It's all over. It's it. They're it's favored. Now they're going to be football season. Yeah, of course they are. They should be. But seriously, what happened in that game? I was watching it, and it felt like I was watching an eight-car pile up on the freeway here on the 95 going to the turnpike, and nobody could stop it. It was nope. like they were all on ice. And they couldn't stop it. So they're in big trouble, but they're going to win game six. They are going to win game six. Wow. Doc Rivers guaranteed yep. it. So you're on the Doc Rivers chain of a guaranteed for a game six for Atlanta. I got the Hawks at plus 155. Okay. So right now, the, right. Seri- the, the series price right now is Philly plus 136. That's a hedge, mm. right? Should I hedge on that if I got a ticket at plus 155? Yes. A hundred percent, because they're going to be if, – if you get the 135 and they win game six, if you really like Atlanta, you can add to your position on the plus side there. If you don't, now you have plus plus and you win anyway. So you can't lose by betting that plus because it will be gone. They will be 
The line for game seven will be the same as it was in game five, minus six and a half, six, wow. six, six and a half, seven. And the money line corresponding with that is over $2. So, yes, you, if you have any inclination of hedging or doing anything like that, do it. Yes. Interesting. Okay, so one baseball play I want to run by you. The Giants are taking on the Diamondbacks, who have lost 23 consecutive road oh. games. They are 9-30 and 30 away. I'm not going to play around with the bullpens, but Kevin Gossman goes today for the Giants. Zach Galen's off the DL. He comes in. It's an insane 13-game losing streak overall for the Diamondbacks. I bet a three-way bet, meaning a tie, I lose. But first five, Ooh. Giants Ooh. three-way against the Ooh. Diamondbacks today, minus 130, betting it or booking it. What is the price if you don't do the three way? If you just bet the first five, minus like one minus two dollars. Yeah, minus one ninety five. Okay. Uh, you, you you bring this tie into play, which very well could happen. But if you yep. don't want to lay the juice, that's fine. We'll bet it, and we'll go for it that they're winning the game. This will be a bad bad peak if it's two two after five. Yes. that one's gonna hurt. Because yes. normally you would bet the first five, you just get your money back. Okay, this one with with doing the three way, which I've seen now, um, you know, all over books uh, everywhere, but Vegas for the most part is doing that. It's great. Um, the Diamondbacks are on pace to be one of the worst teams in the past like decade. Uh, <laughs> you you can't. There's I don't care. You couldn't offer me enough to book that bet. We're we're, <laughs> we're betting that bet with you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Diamondbacks were down 14 to 2 through 5 yesterday to the Giants. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's laughable. How bad is it? Oh. It's they're so bad. They're just so so bad. And okay, and one more that I'll run by you. So, the Indians are the number 1 team for scoring runs percentage-wise in the first inning. First inning. Indi- yep. Indians and Orioles today. Yes. Run in the first inning today between these two teams. The game starts here in 15 minutes. What are we laying? What's We're laying minus, minus 115 last night. It's minus 125 now. Oh, let's, absolutely. We're betting that. 100% we're betting that. That <laughs> price should be minus 140. It's not priced Ooh. high enough. It, 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 well, it's not because – the Orioles, bad, not equivalent to Diamondbacks, bad, but close. Give up a lot of runs in the first inning. I didn't realize the Indians were number one. I knew they were top three scoring in the first inning. And we only have to lay 115. That's that's just good value bet. Whether it wins or loses or not, we can't really control. But it's a good bet, 100% betting it. Eli Morgan has pitched one game so far. His ERA is 20.25 for the Cleveland Indians. So he's not exactly, okay. not exactly a guy that you want to back. Jorge Lopez goes for the Orioles. His ERA is 5.64. So both starting pitching pitchers are pretty darn bad. My friend, thank you for doing this. I know you're super busy. Best of luck to the girls the rest of the way in the tournament. Hopefully you guys get some sleep, and hopefully your travel back to Vegas will be easier than it was to get out there. Really appreciate your time. It better be. If it's not, we're getting a van and we're driving. (laughs) Yikes. Poor kids, man. Best of luck, my friend. Thanks for the time, as always. Steve, all right. Talk to you later. That is Dave Sherapin at Sports BK Kunzig live from the softball tournament in Philadelphia here on Pushing the Odds. My gosh, what a, what a, that's, we've all been there, right? We've all had that. We've all had that travel nightmare. 
It's just that we've forgotten what it what it feels like, and he just went through it because Southwest Airlines had their entire computer system go down, and they canceled their entire day <laughs> because of their computer malfunction. Yikes. But at least the girls pitched well. That's good. That's great to hear. It's Pushing the Odds. We got more to come. NBA, NHL, and more next year on Pushing the Odds. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pushing the odds live from Las Vegas. Here's Matt Peralt. All right, it's one nothing still at, at the half now. Belgium gets an early goal at the Euros, and we'll see what happens here in the second half. Sorry, Denmark got an early goal against Belgium. Excuse me, it's Denmark one nothing at the half, and we'll see where the second half goes from here. The I'm shocked it wasn't 2 nothing, and I'm shocked that Belgium didn't get an answer. But Denmark had so many scoring opportunities there, not able to get the second one in. But we'll see what, what they do here in the second half. Just It's been a wide-open game. It's been a pretty fun game to watch going back and forth. So hockey tonight, I didn't ask Dave about the over-5 for Tampa and the New York Islanders, but I'm, I, I've, I've talked to him a lot about this. And he tends to side with me that if you get 5, you can bet the over Five and a half, it's really juiced heavily, and it could be a 2-1 game. I mean, that's very possible, possible. But with the firepower that Tampa's got, I mean, they're minus 138 right now tonight. Islanders are at home at plus 118. I do think there's some value on the Islanders. The books continue to sort of, I don't want to say disrespect New York, but they're not, it's kind of like the way the books feel about Montreal, that Montreal is a home dog for tomorrow night at plus 136 at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Is it, you know, Tampa's a better team. Vegas is the better team. It doesn't mean they're going to win. It's just that they're going ahead and putting the odds down that these two teams, you know, if they're playing consistently, that eventually Tampa will win and eventually Vegas will win. The Golden Knights number to win the series at FanDuel is minus 340. Montreal is plus 260. The Islanders are plus 162. Tampa is minus 198. So there are... Uh, you know, there's two opportunities there. You know, if you want to hop in on the, on the dog, if you want to, you know, get a hold of this. And I, I still think there's some pretty decent value on Mark Andre Fleury to win the Conn Smythe Trophy at plus two thirty, or Vasilevsky to win the Conn Smythe Trophy, given to the most outstanding player in the postseason. Vasilevsky is plus three hundred. So if Vegas wins the cup or Tampa wins the cup, their goaltender is going to wind up winning. The, the con Smythe. So I, I do think there's some good value to make a play if you want to get into the futures market with the MVP of the postseason for the NHL for both goaltenders who have played really well. Flurry wasn't great last night, but he was good enough. Vegas could have won that game. They lost 3-2 instead. Another hour to go here on Sirius XM Channel 204 for Sports Grid. Sports Map joins us on the other side. PFF joins us at 40 past talking some football. 